Welcome to the Transformation Goddess Divine Feminine Spotlight. I'm your host, Shan Vanderleek, founder of TransformationGoddess.com and PodcastBath.com. The intention of the Divine Feminine Spotlight is to share transformational stories of women who have learned to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of claiming their feminine sovereignty. I know you will enjoy listening in to one of the most popular interviews I had the pleasure of hosting as part of the 2015 Goddess Talk Sessions global event. I invite you to light a candle, kick your feet up, and get ready to be inspired by a woman who walks in beauty. Today, it is my honor and pleasure to introduce you to Shamali Arda. Shamali is the founder of the Awakening Women Institute and a leading pioneer in contemporary feminine spirituality. And she has inspired thousands of women around the world with her breakthrough methods for living and embodying feminine awakening. She is especially appreciated for her love of mythology and storytelling as a method for illuminating our hidden strength and beauty. Welcome, Shamali. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. It's wonderful to connect with you again. The last time we were together was in December of 2014. And since then, you've done quite a bit of traveling. Yes, yes, I travel a lot. I remember our last uh, conversation with such a warmth in my heart. It was a really, we had such a yummy time together. <laughs> we did. And, <laughs> we did. And I'm still hearing, I'll still have somebody reach out and say, Shan, how did you get Shamali to chant? And I, I just, I said, I just asked her, I, you know, and she just went for it. So, yeah, so people are still listening in and I'm, and I'm glad you had a, a good experience. Yes. And I, yeah, I'm just back from uh, two and a half months touring in Europe, which also includes our one month summer ashram in Greece. So mm. it's been intensive practice period, which is the favorite thing in the whole world for me. <laughs> oh, it sounds so, so wonderful. And I followed your journey a little bit uh, via social media and and thought, oh man, look at her go. I love the way that you've cr created your life. And, uh, and today, before we came together, I said a prayer and burned some incense and lit a candle. And I chose a goddess card for you to represent mm. our, our call today. And Lakshmi came <laughs> forward and I just started to laugh, you know, <laughs> stop worrying. Everything is going to be fine. You're this beautiful woman. And I thought, of course, this is the card. So I'd love for you to um, share how how Lakshmi's archetype resonates with you today. Yes. Right before the call, I actually did my daily puja to Lakshmi. I have this beautiful little altar to her, or quite big altar to her, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and every morning I ring a little bell and I chant her mantra. And um, just to uh, align with uh, the, her frequency, her, her vibration of consciousness, which is an aspect of our own consciousness, a consciousness of all of life. And it is a matter of tuning our radio into her radio station because uh, without conscious practice, the radio station that is uh, the loudest right now in our society, in our world, is it's a radio station shouting out the myth of lack. Right. There's something missing. 
And this, of course, shapes our thoughts, shapes our actions, and it shapes our uh, sense of self and the way we relate to each other and the world and our earth. So to tune into her frequencies, to tune into an intrinsic abundance, which is life itself. Life itself is abundance simply because it is life. It right. is life. And it's always, always available to us. So one way to, to tune into her, which I do daily, is to tune into a gratitude. Gratitude is a, is a, is a VIP ticket to Lakshmi Shakti, mm. uh, to the Shakti of abundance. Because gratitude uh, aligns us with that aspect of ourselves that rests in fulfillment, where it is already fulfilled. We, we focus and... Uh, and celebrate what is already here. And of course, again, that changes our state of consciousness, the way we take actions in the world and the way we see ourselves in the world. So gratitude is one aspect of, of Lakshmi. Lakshmi for me is also one, she is actually the most challenging goddess for me because she, <laughs> she's always right in my face mirroring back to me the places where I cling to limited ideas of who I am and what is possible. And she's just that realm outside my limited uh, beliefs and ideas of what's possible. And she's right there just waiting for me to get out of, our, um, out of my own way <laughs> so, so we can play together. And, and sometimes I'm faced with that, that I cannot, that is somehow like such a sticky place of like, I want to be uh, a certain kind of person. And Lakshmi stands there on the other side and she says, well, do you want to cling to that to be a nice girl or do you want to actually serve this wave of, uh, of um, uh, magnificence that is available here? And, uh, <laughs> and she keeps stretching me in that way. Keep stretching, keep stretching, keep stretching. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I am not surprised that, that she is what came up then. We were, we were probably mm -hmm. praying at the same time today. Mm -hmm. Oh, my what comes up for you in your heart when you hear the phrase to walk in beauty? Mm. What comes up for me is it's kind of a softness, a deeper reverence. Uh, for me, these words point to um, a very intimate and deep practice, sadhana. It, 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 it points to a, a way of living, a way of being, a choice. Um, it, for me, it points to a place in ourselves that are willing to see with clear eyes, to see with transparent eyes, to see what, what we are in here, what we are, what all things are, to be willing to see with, with eyes that not only sees our, our labels or our namings or our safe, safe filters, that we have decided in the past and we bring with us into this moment just to kind of 
cling to something familiar or cling to some idea that we are in control. And instead, meet this moment naked and see that we are part of this shimmering display, this dance of, of, um, of, of really miraculous creativity, which opens in me a, a tender reverence and devotion. Uh, it faces me with all the places where I am unconscious, where I bring my lazy mind into the moment and, and act uh, violently in thoughts or in, in action, perhaps not what we will associate with violet. I, won't, I, I don't often go around hitting people, <laughs> but, but, but violently to the earth. That is something that I'm faced with a lot, just to see how unconsciously I'm violent to the earth on a daily basis. And to walk in beauty for me is that practice, not so much as a romantic feeling, it is a practice of honoring and truly see what we are part of here and uh, see our place, see our place, our seat in this, this ancient uh, circle of life. Mm. When I listened, when I, when I heard you say that the violent piece, it, it made me think of how mean we can be to ourselves in our own minds. How if we forget the, the reverence, if we forget the practice of walking in beauty, that we can really fall into that inner critic place, that ego place, that violent conversation within. Is that something mm. that, uh, mm. that you support women mm. to, to let go of in your work? Mm, yeah, and I, I want to emphasize what you were saying, that you were calling it an ego place. Because sometimes what I see, I, you know, I work with uh, women in, um, in uh, we are focusing on spiritual practice and spiritual awakening. And it's really quite a single pointed focus, which includes all things. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> but but um, what often happens in our spiritual practice is that we begin to think that to be harsh with ourselves or criticize ourselves or comparing where we are, where we, with where we should be and all of these things, we think that that is to be a, a, a responsible spiritual practitioner or that is how change will happen. And uh, what has, what is really happened is just that those, those, that critical record, those voices, those are not even yours. Again, it's a radio station, right. very, very available in our field. Right. <laughs> and those voices go on and on and on. And now it's almost like that they kidnap the spiritual path. So it's the same critical voices, but now they are, you know, smell patchouli and have uh, malas on and uh, have spiritual clothes on. Uh, and we think that it is, you know, to be it, it, it is, we think it is to be conscious, it's actually to criticize ourselves. But on this path, it's really, uh, we have to bring gentleness to ourselves. We have to bring a tremendous kindness to ourselves, not only as a feeling that we sometimes have, or uh, it, is a, it is a conscious uh, uh, practice. Because what happens in, in gentleness and in kindness 
there, our consciousness shifts. We bring another medicine into the field. It, it brings a spaciousness. It brings a warmth. It brings an openness. And in there, there is where change is happening. That's where evolution takes place. And the more we open into that openness, <laughs> that, that more spacious aspect of our consciousness, we see that we are part of a creativity that is not ours to judge. So when you said it is an ego place to criticize ourselves, I think that is important to see because oftentimes we, we mix it up with being humble but it's not really a humbleness. It is an ego place where we get self-obsessed and we think that this is about us and that it is that I am mine to criticize, <laughs> you know, which is really actually a blasphemy in, right. in my view. Uh, when we look at what we are made of, we are gazillion cells and parasites and bacteria, this body is this uh, uttermost perfection. And who are we to criticize it? How do we think we have the right to criticize it? Uh, it, is, um, it is just a misunderstanding. So in one way, we don't have to work on loving ourselves. What we have to work on is simply to clear our eyes and see what is, to see that this body is part of, uh, of life, which is this circle, this dance. It's not ours to criticize or our own uh, actions and thoughts. They are part of a collective field. The more we criticize it, the more we feed into that field and make it stronger. When we can, we practice tune in to another radio station to really bring our focus and our love and our attention to, to our kindness, to bring some openness, to clear our eyes, to see, to see what all of this is, which is sure. pure beauty, you know. And to, and in my opinion, as soon as you are aware of the radio station that you no longer wish to listen to, you can very gently correct your, your course of thought or action or feeling by saying, oh, there that is again. Mm -hmm. Whose mm -hmm. is that? That's, I don't, that's not mine. That doesn't belong to me. And, and stop. And, be, and begin again. And at least that for me, that practice has been so very helpful to just say, oh, wow, that's interesting. Where did that come from today? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then gently let it go. And instead of clinging to that or digging in deeper or uh, judging even harder or you know, the, the way that, that things can get away from you, the way that you can leave that radio station on and you're not even hearing it anymore, but it's affecting you in such a cellular way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love the way that you describe that, that point of, hey, wait a minute, because right there, that's the point of evolution. That's the point where we, where we you know, in, in, in the Buddhists call it the wheel, wheel of samsara, which is, we can, is just another way of describing this, this, all these radio stations that we just get born into and we just keep feeding them, we keep hearing them, we keep saying them, uh, we keep acting on them. And we think it's our personal story, but it's really a collective feel that just keeps on and on. And, and uh, so all our 
our limitations and, and, and things that we judge with ourselves is part of a collective feel. It's not even yours. And at the same time, that moment that you describe and you say, hey, wait a minute, what, what is that voice? Where does it come from? And instead of acting unconsciously on it, you are pausing and it's almost like you are face, you turn around inside and face it. Right. What? And you're curious. And that's where uh, not only your limitations is part of the collective, but that's also where your awakening feeds the collective too. Because in that moment, you break a cycle that has been spinning for a long time, lo much longer than you. Mm -hmm. you, you. You bring that a little, it's, it's like a rift in the veil of ignorance, right there and light comes through, the light of consciousness. And that's how we become instruments of awakening in the world. Mm, I agree. I would, mm. I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey that has really brought you to this place of, of standing in your authenticity and really claiming your feminine sovereignty and being a teacher and, and doing all of the things that you do. Give us a little bit of how that, how you've come to be where mm -hmm. you are to, you know, where you are today and the energy that you carry today. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to say that everything I teach and am in the world is the fruit of, of, of practice, is fruit of these practices that I travel around and share, the Shakti practices, the devotion to the goddess, the embodied practices. And um, so it's not something mystical about it, and yet it is incredible mystical. <laughs> but it's not so much that I was born in some kind of, uh, you know, uh, family of sages or uh, born in circumstances that supported this in any, any way whatsoever. I was, uh, if, if you look at it from one angle and in the other angle, it supported me 100% to be who I am today. But I was born in very dysfunctional circumstances, went through incredible traumas when I was a child that really opened up to, to other uh, parts of my consciousness. Uh, I went through darkness in my teens, lots of drugs and sex and rock and roll. And uh, I um, very early jumped on uh, the kind of the, the hamster wheel of spiritual seeking. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's very ambitious. Uh, and all of it, what I see today is that all of it is, is um, part of my medicine pot, that all of my, what we can call toxic experiences, just as medicine, just as the, any poison, you know, the, some poison can be the most strongest medicine in the right doses. Um, my life experience are all part of what creates this powerful medicine that is given today uh, through the Awakening Women work. So it is not a, a spiritual path or my life is not a, a result of, of rising above or... or transcending or or avoiding any parts of life it is to to find a way through different challenges finding a way through 
to a light that is not dependent or conditioned upon uh, cir cir circumstances or different states or feelings. It's a light or a beingness or a ground that is not, that is here no matter what I feel or what I experience. And which for me is this return of the goddess into our spirituality today is that promise of wholeness because she's constantly challenging us huh. uh, wherever we create separation. And we said, this is holy, this is not. And she says, right. look closer, look closer. Oh my gosh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad that, that you said that because uh, growing up, we probably would have been friends with our <laughs> um, choices. <laughs> and one of the most difficult challenges that I faced for a number of years was the, the shame and uh, the... Yeah. The comparing myself, the you know, comparison, shame, self-judgment, mm -hmm. you know, how in the world could I have been so wild? And yet now here I am in a completely different place and a completely different version of myself, uh, reawakening the wildness, mm -hmm. but, but doing so without the poison, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just like, <gasps> there's a part of that one that sometimes makes me blush still. And so I'm... <laughs> Good. Good. And that's a much better, um, well, I don't want to say better or worse, but uh, I'm so grateful that that's what comes up now. Mm -hmm. And I know that's through the work that I've done as well. Yeah. yeah. With other women to, to, to be able to just integrate. Mm -hmm. You say an awakening woman is a spiritual rebellion engaged in a glowing and embodied, nothing held back love affair with the great mystery. I think that's probably my favorite quote of all time. <laughs> I really do. I, I read it and read it. And, and I would love for you to tell us more about the energy around that sharing. Mm -hmm. In our um, circles, our practice is not so much to create the perfect awakening woman or to create a better woman. Um, oftentimes when we are faced with, for example, these, these places that we've been speaking about, uh, about self-judgment or criticism, we, we think that the way out of it is to then create another version of ourselves that is more kind or benevolent or um, that is um, more confident and uh, selfisher. And uh, that is, of course, an option. But in our practice, we are experimenting with what happened if I don't use my energy to build up another identity, but actually risk to find out who I am without any fixed box hmm. that I call me. So in our circle, we are 
melting the frozen ideas of what it is to be a woman or what it is to be spiritual or what it is to be awake all the ideas that we have learned for thousands of years of what is spirituality which of course those rules were made by by men for men so we are we are bringing our spiritual heat our the heat of consciousness in our practice to to melt these frozen places and what has been frozen into these different ideas of who I should be, I should be the nice girl, or I should be the spiritual girl. Uh, what is then released, what is melting, is energy, is what we call Shakti. Shakti has been frozen in these identities, and then it melts into becoming part of your life energy. And in those moments when we are present here, allowing for more and more of this Shakti, this life energy to flow through us, we are entering a quite a wild and unpredictable expression of who we are, which can be uh, risky. Uh, <laughs> but that is where we are entering an authenticity. And authenticity is nothing we have to make up. Or, or decide upon. It is simply that willingness to stay in the risk of the moment and to be an instrument of the intelligence of, of spirit flowing through us. Uh, so it, it takes a commitment and it takes that, at least in my, my, in my path, it is a, at its core, a tremendous passionate love affair. It is a love affair in, in, in all, all kinds of ways. And, and, and one, of, one of the way the word love affair points to, me, points to for me is, is surrender. It's a surrendered place. It is a devotion and a love that is bigger. It's, it feels more meaningful and important and, and uh, rewarding to me to, to, to serve that than to build up a perfect version of me. Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ah, spiritual rebellion engaged in a glowing and embodied, nothing held back love affair with the great mystery. What? A, oh. Let's talk about some of your favorites sacred feminine practices, your spiritual practices. I know you've shared some with us in the past, but we have a lot of new listeners here with us today who would be curious to know how, uh, how you celebrate your spirituality. Mm -hmm. For me, at this point in my life, I have um, created a life that is, it is, you know, my life, my work, my relationship, uh, my marriage, uh, my creativity, all of it is is somehow in in one river. Mm -hmm. It's all uh, there's nothing outside my spirituality at this point. Even when I'm you know watching TV series or you know doing completely uh, uh, mundane or veg veg vegging, <laughs> like I, 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 I am a master of vegging person. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, see, I wouldn't guess that about you, so I'm glad that you said that out loud. Oh, that is one of my superpowers, <laughs> is resting. I have, I'm a master, master in resting. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes 
I hear, I, or off, very often I hear from so many women that, oh, you know, that, that success means stress. That, yeah. you know, uh, more, more work, like if I, I, I'm successful and really giving my gift, it means that I have to sacrifice my own well-being or balance. And uh, we are, right now, our team, we are in the middle of a launch of our next sadhana, our next practice intensive that we do online three times a year. And we have uh, 600 women signed up and it's, it's a big launch. And so many people have these ideas that we are running around completely stressed. So one, I mean, one day I want, I want to have a, a, a camera on us when we do our launches because mm. people would be so surprised that there's zero stress. There's absolute, everything is just working. It's, it's just so relaxed. Uh, I spend so much time in my hammock. And uh, I'm not saying that this is something, this was not like this when we started building all right. this up right. like 12, 12 years ago. But, but right now, this is something that we are incredible committed to, is sure. to be aligned with the cycles of creativity. And part of us, an important part of the cycle of creativity is the nothingness. So, you know, my husband and I, we work at home, so we have different offices, and my husband, you know, he walks past me on the sofa where I'm vegging, 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 reading, reading my fifth book that week, and he's like, what, how, how do you get anything done? You know, he, he calls me my, his guru in resting because I am fully committed to the nothingness because that informs when it's time to uh, take action. And when I take action, I take action full on too. Yeah, yeah, I do too. You know, the, the change that, that I've made over the last 10 years is really the infusion of spaciousness, which is nothingness, which yeah. um, e even for this event, I started planning it uh, last December, the last time we were talking. You were so good. You're so good in that. But, well, well, thank you. But I did it. The reason why I did that is so I could take my time. Yeah, yeah. So that I didn't feel like a maniac, so that I could really orchestrate it the way that I wanted to, so that I could put as much love into it without the the Shan side of the, you know, go, go, action, action, everybody hurry, jump through flaming circus hoops, you know, like I didn't want that. That's not this needed to flow. I know. That's why I say yes to your tele tell uh, summit your 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 gatherings because it, it, your your invitations your energy stands out compared to we get so many invitations to different teleclasses and and it often it so often comes with that energy like when it says urgent in the right. subject it goes right to this trash for us we we don't even go, we don't do it we right. just don't do it like we just like blessings to you if you choose to live in 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 that way but we don't do that kind of uh, right, stress. right. Because oftentimes it, this invitation comes with, oh, and you have to do it now, and it, you have to have, uh, yeah. Uh oh, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll yeah. tell you, it's been uh, not to get us too far off course, but but that spaciousness has allowed me to enjoy every piece. It's allowed me to see what needed to be delegated, what I wanted to keep for myself. It allowed me to, uh, we had one uh, technical difficulty with uh, one one uh, interview that um, 
that we had plenty of time to redo with no problem, you know, just let it, let it be. And with no real outline other than talking about walking in beauty and being able to come back around and say, okay, I know that your life is a sacred feminine practice. It is. (laughs) I feel it. I see it. I know it. So within that, this nothingness is a big piece of it. So is the action. And it's such a nummy place to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beyond the nothingness. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What else? What else do you like to engage in when you're home? Like I know you're home now. You know, obviously you love to travel and teach and, but, but share a little bit more about you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's a big part uh, in this, um, this part of my dharma, of, of my, my life path, this, right, this path has a lot to do with uh, rooting myself in, in home. So um, uh, I, I spend a lot of time here, like redecorating, and I've been painting and redecorating, like creating temple spaces in my home has been a focus for me lately, because since, you know, the last... 20 years I've been on the road mostly. So this is the first time I root myself in this way. I do a, a daily puja, as I already shared. Every morning I do a puja, which is just a, a little ritual of worship to, uh, to uh, my uh, Lakshmi. <laughs> I wish I could, I wish I could uh, show her to you. I even had a carpenter built like a shelf just for her. Um, you know, if you if you feel like it, you're welcome to um, email a picture. Yes, yes. And I will, I will make sure that it's on the, the page uh, for our listeners. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, and then I, I do my uh, little practice. I have, a, my, I have a spiritual teacher. I have a lifelong love affair with the, with the woman who is my spiritual teacher. So we are in the thick of, of, of this student-teacher relationship, which is one of my... Um, greatest blessings in my life. So every morning I also do a little uh, connection with her, uh, with her picture. <laughs> I told her about that. She's not the one demanding that. It's just for me uh, to aligning with myself, with, with what she represents for me. And uh, then I go through my goddesses, <laughs> my Durga, my Kali, and I say uh, uh, mantras. Mantra practice is something that I... I do every day. Mantra practice is a, is an alignment with a, again a frequency in 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 the base of so many spiritual traditions. All of this that we call ordinary life, the table, the computer, the the body, the tree, all of it start starts with the sound. It is a vibration, and and uh, the scientists have also discovered that when they go all the way down into the atom all the way into that matter into the cells into the molecules into the atom they find space they find vibration and this is why the the mantra the sounds of mantra can align us with with certain uh, certain aspects of consciousness so i love that and that is not something i'm a master in it's i'm a very a beginning student of mantra um, I'm, I'm saying beginning because I've been doing it a few years now, mm-hmm. but it feels like I'm just dipping my toe into that. 
so uh, so so prayer prayer is a big part of uh, of uh, my practice also um, in in the you know there are different paths uh, different ways of of doing spiritual practice one of them is devotion which is definitely a big part of my path another part of spiritual practice is also contemplation yeah it is a different certain path and that is definitely part of my my love where i study a lot i study i'm calling calling myself like i'm very nerdy like i'm a sanskrit (laughs) nerd (laughs) which is which is just part of my love since i was a little very since i was five years old i've been just devouring books which is also part of my my uh, work today where i can share so many uh, stories and and kind of be a translator from the ancient scriptures into into the modern life of women today hmm. yeah and then i do a puja with my husband every day we just do a short little um, greeting of each other we call it the couples puja where we take for a few minutes we just face each other on the bed or or on the chair we sit and we um we we see through the packaging of each other and honoring we we just say a few words of honoring and and, and even worship and gratitude and then we bow to each other mm. um, so this we do every day when we are together. I love that. I love <laughs> yes. that so much. Yes. It is a, it's just kind of a, like you are brushing the teeth every day. It is a readjusting the course, like where, where, where we are meeting, why we are together. And, and we met from that place uh, of, of being and then, of course, we created a life together, which brought up all the stuff. Sure, of course. Uh, living together. And then it's so easy to get complete, very lost in all of the personality stickiness. So for us to practice the couple puja is just a way for us to every day acknowledge where our true north is. On right. Compass, where, where we are returning to, why we are practicing, why we are together. Mm. I had a, uh, my husband and I went to Lake Michigan as we often do on uh, the the last new moon cycle. And um, I invited him to join me. And he, what I invited him to join me with was if he wanted to um, write down some intentions and write down some things that he might want to release. And he's been, uh, very, very patient with his, his wild woman wife <laughs> for <laughs> almost 23 years, for almost mm. 20. And, uh, and he, uh, he'll, he, he dips his toe in and it's really been beautiful to see the different ways that, that we're connecting now. And, and so I continue to gently invite him to join me and he continues to open and open and open more. and and to be with him, just the two of us, declaring what we wanted to let go of and what we wanted to bring into our lives and burning our pages over the the bonfire that we created and 
you know, sunset, the whole thing. It was so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and it felt to me like the very first time I'd ever, you know, because I got to do this with my beloved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so when I was listening to you, I thought, oh, what a wonderful, I'm going to, I'm going to invite that into mm-hmm. our relationship after all of these years to wake up. And I mean, we're very loving and sweet to each other on a very regular basis, but to really just sit and hold hands and look at each other and just, I like that a lot. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. You have a gorgeous free gift to share with our listeners today called the three-day feminine embodiment mini course. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. In this uh, mini course, it is uh, basically three practices. So often, or I think it is a lot of information circulating around uh, in these days around feminine empowerment uh, feminine spirituality and in my view unless we are willing to get down into our bodies and and experiment and experience these what this means from the inside out uh, we cannot really know what the what what these words means so uh, these practices are embodiment practices. So they are meant for you to have an, an inside-out direct experience of what, what we mean by shakti or what does it mean to, to feel feelings as energy and how does it serve me and the best way for us to, to um to, to, to share that with you is just to give you that those instructions so you can experience it for yourself. Because this is all, at least all what we are exploring in, in, in the Awakening Women's Circles, all the practices are pointing to your, your own natural state. So there's no one owning it. You don't need a middleman. Uh, you don't actually need to believe or know anything in order to know who you are. But it's helpful to have some just simple tools for you to get there. Mm, thank you so much. Mm. You also have a special retreat coming up that is timed perfectly uh, to to share with our listeners today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So so please please do tell us more about yes. your upcoming retreat in Boulder, Colorado. Yes, we will meet in Boulder, Colorado, end of October. It's the last weekend of October for an immersion in Lakshmi practices. And uh, as I have shared with you already, Lakshmi is one of um, the goddesses that I have a very, very intimate, long, long time term relationship and practice with. So I'm very excited to share it with you. She's really the goddess who who bridges our spiritual realization uh, with the way we live our lives. So she's the one healing that split that we have been told is true. And she, she heals that split between spirit and matter. So, uh, so she's just a tremendous uh, goddess of, of living spirituality, of embodied spirituality. She is guiding us to to strength and creativity in ourselves uh, that can uh, 
you know, that allows us to act in the world fully rooted in, uh, in beingness, fully rooted in source. So come, come to that, come to that practice. I'm not often practicing in America. I'm mainly being uh, uh, practicing in Europe and India. And um, so I'm very, very excited to see many, many women. <laughs> oh, yeah. To yes. What, uh, what can women expect when they come to Colorado? I mean, beyond, yes. the, you know, give us a little bit of the, of the detail. Yes. Yeah. So what, what, as I have been mentioning before, that our focus is, is very practice oriented. So it is a, it is a, a gathering where you get a chance to really explore what is Lakshmi Shakti, what is abundance, what is uh, uh, her, what is, what is it, the symbol of her points to in you. So we do a lot of embodiment practices. We use, in our gathering, we use the, we use respectful touch a lot. So that it's a very pleasurable practices, very respectful. It's not a, you know, in, in a very, very honoring of boundaries, but it is a, a, we have found that touch is a way that we can bypass like decades of analytic uh, going around, going around, going around and, and, and move directly, directly into direct experience of what is this Shakti? What is, what is, uh, life energy in your own body uh, so so it's it's a very delicious practice it can be challenging as i mentioned before because she she she, she illuminates the places where we are holding back the way we are the places we create separation between spirituality and so-called uh, ordinary life so she will uh, she will bring um, light to all those places which, which again, of course, uh, brings freedom. Mm. Well, it sounds wonderful. And we'll make sure that, well, there's a, there's a link right on the page. So all you need to do is click on that if you want to learn more about this gorgeous offering in Boulder, mm -hmm. Colorado at the end of October. Yes. Yes. Family, thank you so much for saying yes to stepping into the circle for the goddess talk sessions i've enjoyed our time together uh, just big smile on my face mm. warmth in my heart <laughs> and a deep bow to you mm, i bow to you also sean thank you so much you're invited to join me and 16 of the world's female visionaries, artists, teachers, healers, and goddesses who are stepping into the circle to dive deep into their personal experience and share how they've learned to walk in beauty. Join us for this deeply profound global event and receive divine feminine wisdom and valuable love offerings to help you walk in beauty. Visit GoddessTalkSessions.com and step into the circle.